everyone, welcome to Hello Church. We are in season three, episode three. Mm-hmm. Justin Trapp and you are Wade Bearden, three the gr- three, the great Wade, AD three three. We are excited today to talk about volunteers, and here's here's why this episode is kind of unique because both of us have been pastors. Yeah. Now we volunteer volunteer pastors at our church, but we're also just volunteers. Yeah. Well- I'm a volunteer now at my church. Yeah. yeah so we, I, I've preached before, but just in general, I'm on the prayer team this weekend. Uh, I think coming up, I'll probably be back in children's church. I'm on the security team this Justin's weekend. Justin's on the security. He's 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 always just kind yeah, of just yeah, keep just some, keeping his head on a swivel. Yeah. And uh, I think there are other things that I've done that all the small group leader things like that. And so we're going to talk about volunteers and how to get great volunteers in your service, how to appreciate them, how to train them, but. I'm also going to share the greatest mistake I ever made with uh, volunteers when I was a pastor. When you're a pastor, yeah. So, and we might even learn we, from me. You never. We could gripe about how we're treated now. You never know. You know, that's actually that. That's a whole another episode. <laughs> we're like, you know, I'm not naming any names, but you shouldn't do this to volunteers. You shouldn't call them up on Saturday night. No. Yeah. We well, he, well, here's the thing, right? Yeah. If you're if if you're an ex pastor, you're either a great volunteer. Mm-hmm. Or a terrible volunteer. I I'm, I've had yeah. I've had ex pastors in my group. I know where you're going. That I'm tracking are not that were not committed. Yeah, I mean it was like yeah every they'd be there once a month. <laughs> it's always last minute something comes up. It's like oh, man. it's like Paul when he says I the things that I don't want to do I do <laughs> the things no. I'm supposed to do I don't. That's true. But that, but that here's was, the question: What about us? Like, what, are we? Are are people like man those those pastors like they're not good volunteers or what? Yeah, I mean, just depends on we'll see. how my kids feel on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well we we've got other security people, so we can we yeah. can move some stuff around. So we're gonna be talking about that. That's fun. Thank you guys and the for the first line of defense and ladies for subscribing to the podcast yeah. and uh, and listening in. We're talking about just the service this season. So season three is all about the service, and volunteers are a huge part. Of the service you can't make it run without volunteers and you can have volunteers on your uh, your music team uh, greeters you got to have volunteers in kids church I mean you just you need volunteers to make the church run and we'll talk about that yeah and you need leaders yeah you you know I love what Craig Rochelle has said he said we don't recruit volunteers we we release leaders because Mm -hmm. volunteers do good things but leaders change the world. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, and we could dive right into re- recruiting volunteers, and we'll, mm. we'll probably get into this, but um, try, you know, try to recruit leaders, not just someone that can fill a spot on the security team like me, right? Uh, <laughs> but create a great leader that can advance the mission of what you're trying to accomplish every single weekend. And uh, I think you'll find great fruit in that. I'll say this from experience. There are some people that really, really want to be on the security team that should not be on the security team. (laughs) They they get a big head when they're on the security. Like you give them that walkie-talkie, and they are a different person. (laughs) I know, but true. You do want to recruit leaders, uh, and you also want to create leaders. So I think one of the worst things that you can do with a volunteer is you're basically just like, hey. Here's your job. You do exactly what I say when I say any decision that they make, they have to run it by you first. At that point, 
you don't have a leader. You don't yep. have someone who's thinking for themselves. Even if that person is an individual who does think for themselves and they are a go-getter, if that's the way that you conduct your volunteer program, they're going to be like, okay, that's how it, that, that's how it rolls. I'm mm -hmm. going to just go with what you want. And that's not a good precedence to set up. And, and part of the reason why I say that is because we're, we're, we're talking here first about recruiting volunteers. Uh, a professor once told me in Bible college, one of the best ways you can do recruit volunteers is by going to people one-on-one. -on -one. And he was very much against what he called the cattle call uh, volunteer announcement. Yeah, vol volunteer fair day or whatever. Yes. Expo. Where, or you just get up there and be like, guys, the nursery's out of control. Like, we need people. No, like, how many people are going to sign? There might be some people who sign up. Well, people don't respond to need, right? Yes. They respond to opportunity. If, yeah. if, if the world responded to need, the neediest organizations would have everything that they mm -hmm. needed. Yeah. But we don't. We respond to opportunity. And so, yeah, when you get up there and you're like, we need, and I've, I've sat in a service and it's like, hey, we need three more nursery workers. We're not going to end the service until we get three hands. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Five hours later, we're still there. I actually sat in a service one time, and this is not related to volunteers, but it's okay. The thought of being held hostage in a service, yeah, uh, reminded me of a time when a guy came in and he was, you know, the sponsor of the kid. It wasn't Compassion, but it was some. It was another okay. organization, and he basically was like, "I got forty ch kids that we've got to, we've got to connect with uh, yeah. sponsors on, and and I'm not finishing this sermon until we get forty sponsors." <laughs> And I just remember going, oh, no, like, he's literally holding us hostage. Yeah. And, and, and those sponsors probably aren't high-quality sponsors. They grab it because they know they're supposed it's to. It's awkward. It was awkward. And then, but but are those people committed to the long term? Yeah. Or did he just get 41 service, and and then, you know, two months later, he's only has 10 people from that service who are still sponsoring? Well, I, I remember the pastor came up to me. Like, we, we went ahead and grabbed a seat for the— um, the evangelist and my pastor and so i'm at the restaurant and sorry it says abnormal heart rate just all the uh <laughs> all the talk about volunteers being held hostage Oof. elevating your heart rate yeah it thinks i'm exercising but i'm not moving yeah so we get to the restaurant and the pastor comes in the first thing he says is we got we got 44 sponsors today isn't that amazing and in my head i'm going it's because we put a gun to their head <laughs> <laughs> during the sermon. <laughs> Anyways, that doesn't have anything to do with volunteers. <laughs> but but it's the same concept. And and I think, too, um, there there is a difference between um, guilting people yeah. into working and sharing the vision. So I guess one piece of advice is try to go to people one-on-one. -on -one, and when you do talk about it from the stage, and there are times when you should, um, share stories and say, like, you're not just watching a child in children's church you're not just watching the front doors but you are you are committed to the work that god is doing you're providing a safe environment a fun environment you're helping children understand god's word you're giving people comfort knowing that their kids are safe give that vision and connect it to the overall yeah. vision of the church here's the best way to recruit volunteers the absolute best way, I think, and it's a long, it's a long play, right? You're playing the long game. Write down. Uh, the best you're, way. You're always recruiting volunteers without asking. Ooh. You should always be ta telling yeah. stories about what is happening in the lives of your volunteer leaders, mm -hmm. how they are serving, the impact that they're making. Uh, 
but you're not always asking. I would say 80% of the time, you're not asking to, to recruit volunteers. You're not mentioning, hey, if you would like to have an opportunity to serve here at our church, but you're mentioning the people that are serving. It's, it's like the same principle that goes with giving. If churches only ever talk about generosity mm-hmm. when the offering plate's rolling by, you do a disservice. Like you, you want to be talking about generosity and 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 sharing stories of life change and ways that God has blessed your people, the way that God has used your people to bless others, and you're not just like asking all the time. So it's always important to share the eighty twenty rule. Share eighty percent of the time, twenty percent of the time, have an opportunity for them to sign up to serve or 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 share how they can, um, you know connect with a volunteer leader or whatever, but you always want to be re- recruiting without asking. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. The next thing we wanted to talk about too is, is preparing your volunteers. And I think there's kind of a lot there. I don't know that we need to go into too much detail. I think when you prepare your volunteers, the, the main key is, is just be organized. So if you have somebody who's helping volunteers get set up for the worship team or security team or children's church or whatever, just make sure that individual is organized. They're scheduling people in advance. They're training people properly. Uh, they're giving the the right expectations to the right people. If you're organized, it's just going to help people feel more prepared. And when you're better organized, you're not going to overextend the people on your yeah. team. I think you've got to slow down. You've got to make sure that your volunteer leaders understand their responsibilities, the mission of what you're trying to accomplish every single week, you know, and you know, Andy Stanley always says, "Clarify the win, right?" I think just clarify the win for your volunteer leaders every week, and then equip them, and then get out of the way, right? I, I've been at a church uh, serving when I wasn't a pastor; I was volunteering, and I remember some of the high capacity leaders being frustrated, right, that they were delegated responsibilities and then mm. every week and a half it was sort of pulled back or their their decision making was questioned and then i remember yeah. at that same church some of the the pastoral team say man we well, got a lot of high capacity leaders hanging around here and i can't just get any i can't get them to stick and i'm going well mm. it's because you pull the rug out from your volunteer leaders yeah. all the time you've got to be able to trust your volunteer leaders equip them inform them but then trust them and you know that's not to say that you don't have accountability because I think it's important for volunteers mm-hmm. and, and the whole system, right, to have accountability. But uh, if you want to see your volunteer leaders truly be effective, you've got to train them, you got to develop them, but you also got to trust them. I think that's a, that's a big key. And and to be honest, I'll share this: one of the greatest uh, mistakes I made as a pastor, I was gosh, it was probably my first six months in the full time vocational ministry. So I think youth. If I could, if I could blame it on anything, right? Yeah, I'd blame it on my youth. But there was a, a time. There was an. I don't remember the specifics of the event, but basically, it was in, in front of a few other volunteer leaders. I, I blamed one of my my leaders, my volunteers, instead of saying, "Hey, it was on me." I blamed her, and I just remember her face. She was just like taken back. She like <laughs> almost took her breath away. Like, ah. she, and she said, "Justin," and then I realized what I had done in the moment. But I didn't have the courage to like unwind it. I didn't know how to unwind it. I Just was, kidding. <laughs> I was I was like 19 years old. So I went to her later and apologized. But I could tell like her trust. Mm. I'd already lost her trust. Yeah. And I don't think I regained her trust for a while. 
back. Mm-hmm. And so that was a great lesson I learned that if something falls through, that's fine. I, I should I should have gone and met with her one on one because I still looking back, I do believe it was on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you don't do that in front of everybody. Yeah. Right. You, you, you guys know that with a team, with an organization, you sort of uh, correct or hold accountable privately, but publicly, you, you, you know, for the sake of the morale of the team, right? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're just going to quit. Yeah. Quietly. In terms of preparing your volunteers, maybe just the last comment I'll make on that is, is I think one of the biggest or more egregious sins when relating to volunteer is to give them a task and when they get working on it, they contact you again and you're like, oh, we actually changed. Oh my goodness. We, we, we decided we we're gonna do this a little bit differently. Yeah. That's that's super frustrating. I've done it before, but I've also had it happen to me. So just, just be organized and be clear and uh, don't micromanage too much. Uh, you mentioned evaluating volunteers. I think that's good, giving positive feedback. But the big thing though is being able to appreciate your volunteers. And that's so important is just letting them know that you care giving them off days and giving them little gifts or just just finding ways whether it's your words or a gift or something to just say hey thank you for all that you're doing yeah if you're only thanking your volunteers like at your volunteer dinner once a year you know i don't think it goes as well as you think Mm -hmm. you know who's really good at this Pastor Ephraim, we've had him on a, a sermon series planning uh, yeah, event. But I'll church. get random texts from Pastor Ephraim. Yeah. And he's like, hey, just want to say I appreciate you. We're so grateful for, for your yeah. your leadership and, and what you you know, you helping us and volunteering. And I got the same exact maybe he just copy and paste. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, <laughs> he just took it all away right there. Uh no, but he I, you know, I feel like he's done a great job for me personally. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. uh, oh, yeah. he does a great job of, of not just thanking someone at a volunteer banquet or a volunteer dinner, but throughout the year. And I think that goes a long way because I'll do whatever he asks me because yeah. he, he's just always um, so grateful. And, and um, I always know what to expect when I'm serving, you know, you know when he asks me to do something. So yeah. he, does, he does a great job. Definitely, definitely. So find a way to do that. You know, maybe it's random coffee gift cards or... Um, bringing, I know someone at our church would randomly bring nursery workers coffee on Sunday mornings, Starbucks. That was really cool. So just maybe finding those opportunities, let people know that you appreciate them, giving them time off. And I think too, there are certain aspects of service that um, they have to be done every week. You have to have nursery workers, you have to have uh, certain individuals every week. But then there are some things where, you know what, maybe you can just take a break and say, hey, we're going to like we're gonna just pare down service and just be a little more, like service is gonna be simpler today to give more people time off. I think that's special what, too. Wasn't there a church that did like no serve day or something where they just, none of the volunteers showed up one day intentionally and they didn't tell the congregation. Mm. And so everyone was in the same room together but there was no sound engineers and it was oh, just wow. like, I don't know if I, I have the courage to do that mm. today. But I heard it, they did it like 10 years ago, maybe, or 15 years ago. I'd heard yeah. about, well, it might have been Elevation hmm. or somebody. It was, a, it was a well-known church, and they did no serve date. It was basically to prove the point, like, without our volunteers, like, none of this could happen. Hmm. And it was the most extreme way of communicating that. Hmm. Uh, but I do, I do wonder if uh, volunteer signups went up a lot that day. 
<laughs> or if, yeah. or they're like, actually, we kind of like service like with no screens and we're just right. simple. Right. Uh, coming back to the higher worship. Thank you all for checking out this episode. We hope that we've provided a couple of nuggets to you so that you can kind of think about volunteers in a new way. Maybe you're struggling to get volunteers. I think most pastors are. Yep. I think almost every pastor would say, I don't have enough volunteers. Maybe you could take one or two of these points and you can use it in your own church this next week. Yep. See you next time. See you.